Hey everyone, before we get into this week's episode, I do want to pop a trigger warning on here for anyone who struggles with disordered eating or body image issues. This may not be the best episode for you. We do touch on those subjects down the line in today's podcast, so I just wanted you all to be prepared for that. But without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beauty Within Us. Today we are joined with a very, very special guest, the most important woman in my life, my mommy. <laughs> Thanks. Good to be here. You're going to make me cry from the very start. Oh God, shut up. She's really tearing up right now. Okay, so we're having my mom on the podcast today because she knows her shit. We'll put it that way about <laughs> health and fitness. Guys, she's really tearing up right now. Do you need a tissue? No. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. I'm going to have her introduce herself for the most part, but she has been in the health and fitness industry for a very long time now, and she is a registered, is that what you call it? A certified health and life coach. So I'm going to let her take it away from here. Okay. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Um, for those of you who don't know Rachel's mommy, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Rebecca Halperin, and I certified as a health and life coach conveniently in 2020, <laughs> um, which was great nice. Timing. Yeah, great timing. Um, but I, I have been in kind of that world for a long time, but where I started is very different from where I am now. I mean, I started as a child in dance, and dance was my whole life, and that's what kept me fit my whole life. So it was easy for me to eat like crap and eat whatever I wanted, and it just never, like, I never gained weight, ever. I mean, I was just always fit and trim. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people who, I think, go through this type of, of lifestyle change or fitness regime, they... The, their stories kind of always start with... with Sorry, uh, I burped. We're laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to totally keep a straight face. You don't Just, have to. Anyway, so a lot of these people, their stories kind of start with, oh, I was a chubby kid and, you know, it, it affected my whole life. Well, I wasn't that chubby kid. You know, I was super fit and trim and it wasn't until later in life that weight started piling on. Like I said, I danced pretty much my whole life, either through ballet classes as a child and then into um, high school where I was doing drill team and pom-pom and, and cheerleading and things like that. And I just could, I could do all those really unhealthy things and still be thin. So as I got older, you know, I thought I was in the clear. Apparently not so much. <laughs> not, so much. <laughs> not so much. Walk me through when you started dancing and how you feel like that affected you, not only physically, but also mentally, mentally. and emotionally. Well, I started dancing at two. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister danced, my older sister danced, and she would come home from dance class. And I would, like, run around the house and show my mom, I can do it, I can do it. <laughs> it's it's funny because I, I try to think back to a time where I didn't want to dance, and there is no time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my <clears throat> earliest memory, I've always wanted to be a dancer. So, you know, that was <clears throat> that was great. But, you know, in life, and, and especially in the time, you know, I'm I'm – quite a bit older and growing up in the 80s you know dancers were real thin real thin 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I'd say at about 12 or 13, I started filling out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. I mean, I look back now and I think, oh my God, I was so skinny and I had no chest whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time for a dancer, somebody who wanted to go into that profession, I was I was starting to fill out and you could mm-hmm. see it. You could see the hips starting to, to form and, and the, the chest starting to form. And I moved to Cincinnati before I went into high school mm-hmm. and I started taking classes at um, the University of Cincinnati and tried out for the company classes. And I, I did dance with them, but... I tried out for the actual company and, and uh, the instructors said her talent is there. Her technique is there. It's too bad she's filled out. <laughs> too bad she's actually a healthy weight. Right. It's too bad she's <laughs> filled out. It's too yeah. bad she's, you know, developing is what they said. And and um, I, I think that just set the stage at that moment. And I think I was 13 at the time and <clears throat> it really set the stage for me mm-hmm. um for massive disordered eating and um mm-hmm. you know constantly thinking about my weight mm-hmm. and I wasn't heavy at all <laughs> not at all I mean it was it was unfortunate and I looking back it's easy to blame and shame and 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 do all those things but I don't blame them they were just doing their job you know but you know those are those moments that affect you and you know? stick with you throughout. you know right and and as as humans we have three basic needs right we we have love safety and belonging mm-hmm. we want to be loved we want to be safe and we want to belong to something mm-hmm. and i lost one of those that day and yeah. it sucked yeah it sucked so was that your like perspective can't even talk perspective career choice leading up to that point 100 mm-hmm. percent. I, I honestly i never thought of doing anything else the only thing i wanted to do was dance with a ballet company and, and then get married and have kids. That was mm-hmm. it. Well, I you got some of that. <laughs> I got some of that. <laughs> I, and I didn't, and I never lost dance. I mean, dance has always been part of my life. When I, when I quit dancing, um, like with the intent of it being my profession at, right. at 13, mm-hmm. <laughs> 14, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you know, I always incorporated dance in some way. Like I said, I, I, I started high school and I immediately joined the, like I tried out for the drill team and made it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a dance-based drill team, um, high kick, kick line drill team. So it was really, Woo-hoo. really intense. Yeah, and I loved it. I mean, honestly, to this day, it it's one of the things that I look back on and I think, thank God I got to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about kick line. I loved it. And you've talked about you wish you were tall enough to be a rocket. Oh yeah, that <laughs> was because the that that's then that was what became my goal after the ballerina thing fell through because of the boobs. Right. <laughs> it was like I I thought, well, you know, rockets have boobs, and my grandfather dated a rocket before he dated my grandmother, so he oh, always about talked that. about the rockets. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, I could be a rocket. And then and they're like, oh, then you're too short. <laughs> dashed. You're you like- know. My dad was 5'7", my mom was 4'11". I was Italian. at that moment. <laughs> so when the per- prospective career of dance kind of fell through, you took, what, a year off of dance in high school? Is that right? Well, I I quit taking ballet classes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I quit doing that um, and went straight into the drill team. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for the the my sophomore year of high school because I could try out as a freshman um, going into my sophomore year. So I danced my freshman year mm-hmm. and then I did drill team my sophomore year and then we moved again. Okay, um, yeah. So when I moved, um, they didn't have a drill team at my new high school 
This and is in Nova. In, yeah, in Michigan, yeah. So I, they didn't have a drill team, and I had already missed cheerleading tryouts. Not that I'd ever been a cheerleader, but I knew I could do it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was no that, shame. I had that no big shame to cheerleaders, but right. I had that big video. If you dance, you so, can cheerlead. <laughs> so I, um, the, the, the school decided to put together a palm squad. Okay. And I thought, well, screw it. I'll just, I'll do that. Right. Whatever. Sure. So I did that, and it was, it was... <sighs> It was fine because I was still dancing, but it, it was, like, not... Not the same. Like, I wa- I really, in my head, wanted it to be, like, drill team and flyerette, and it wasn't. Yeah. And um, so I was very excited as soon as I could try out for cheerleading because yeah. I was like, okay, cheerleading. And so that became an issue because I was a senior trying out for cheerleading for my first time, and I made it, and so that was a little Drama. touchy. Not major, but, I mean, because the cheerleaders that were on my squad were great. I mean, we had fun, and, and we weren't... We weren't the healthiest. I mean, some of them were, like, super, super into it and, and really straight-laced. And a friend of mine and I who were cheerleaders together, not so much. We were pretty much drunk at almost every game. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's touch on that a little bit because I, I love this story every time. <laughs> oh, God. Is this the being in school? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so that's the story you want? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> Great. Come, authenticity come check come come check out my website for health life coaching <laughs> here i am talking about being a drunk high schooler okay you've grown you've grown it's all about <laughs> metaphor right Meta- what metamorphosis, metamorphosis. <laughs> so my senior in high school my friend who was a cheerleader with me and i um she would pick me up for school and we would split like a pint of southern comfort and we'd, we'd buy the <laughs> biggest big gulp cups you could get and we'd we'd fill it halfway with um mm-hmm. uh Pink grapefruit, big gulp. Yeah, if you aren't cultured, big gulp is a slushy, right? Yeah, it's From like Seven Eleven. Yeah, Seven Eleven's brand of slushy. Yeah. Okay, so we would do half of pink grapefruit, and we'd split the Southern Comfort, and we'd go, <laughs> and we'd go to first hour. And that's why you're only allowed to bring clear water bottles to school, <laughs> <laughs> unopened. You can thank your parents from the '80s. Yeah. Okay, so we. Uh, so we, we would do this. I, I wouldn't say we did it every day, but we we enough. did it often enough that it was not surprising that we did it to anyone. So I had um, broadcasting in first hour, mm-hmm. which was on one side of the school. Oh, and my, so this is just... Yeah, right? Old news. <laughs> so then um, my friend had um, psychology first mm-hmm. hour. Ugh. And she had the same teacher, the same classroom that I had sixth hour. Mm-hmm. So we're walking past each other in the hall after first hour, and she tells me, throw the cup away. Throw the cup away. And I was like, why? She goes, I spilled mine. Oh, like, shit. <laughs> so, of course, I immediately find a garbage, and I toss my cup. Because, like, you know, we thought we were cool drinking at school, but like it did take <laughs> me pretty much all morning to drink it. But <laughs> so anyway, I dumped my cup. You were microdosing. Right. right. <laughs> It was just like it was a sipper, you know. Right, right. And um, and yeah, so I I got in I got into sixth hour that day. And you know, after you know, kind of chugging before I threw my oh no big gulp away, it, you know. So I was a little you know you kind of uh, you're on the down tipsy turn. Well, you know you're tipsy for for a few hours, and then you're on the downturn, right? Uh-huh. And I walked into sixth hour, and I almost threw up. it reeked so bad it's i mean you i i don't know how the teacher didn't like didn't know or didn't 
care to know. I, it was it was so evident that there mm-hmm. was booze all over the floor. Oh yeah, and because um, Southern Comfort isn't like a, a it has a it's not aroma. a clear drink, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like vodka. And yeah, uh, it it was it was rough that six hours. My government teacher actually walked in the room to talk to my teacher, and he was like. Smells like a goddamn brewery in here. <laughs> like, it just, and I was just, I was like, uh, my head was in my hands, and I just, oh God, we're gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> never got caught, never once. Oh my God. Never once, never once got caught drunk, drink at school, but whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's good great. times. Good times. Okay, so, Kathy, if you're out there <laughs> talking about you and me. <laughs> so, through high school, you were kind of a drunk no <laughs> a drunk with an eating disorder <laughs> yeah I was I was um yeah I had a pretty severe eating disorder um I and I I like food so <laughs> yeah same so I could never be anorexic I, I my whole family my whole immediate family has is disordered eating oh yeah <laughs> But and I don't mean you guys. I meant like me growing up. My my dad. My dad for sure um, was. He was a heavy kid. You know, he had that story. Mm-hmm. He was a heavy kid, and um, he actually started playing football, and he broke his jaw. Oh and god! And he had to have his jaw wired shut, and that's how he lost all his weight. Yeah, because then he like so, drink soup. <laughs> because I mean, and and um, when he lost all the weight, that's when he really started like kind of feeling like a kind of a big shot. Badass, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and. Um, and I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, my dad was good looking and I get it. Like, mm-hmm. that was the one thing holding him back, I think. And so he was always very into fitness and um, he was weightlifting. And, and uh, he later in life, uh, as I was getting into high school and later, he was like running and playing racquetball. And so he was very mm-hmm. into fitness and doing things like that. So we actually connected a lot on that level. But, right. But yeah, no, I so my sister was anorexic mm-hmm. and... Um, <laughs> I don't know how she did it because I need food. Like, I need food. It's a comfort for me. And so for me, it was I would just eat it and get rid of it. Right. One way or another. One way or another. I mean, I, I was taking laxatives to the point where they actually no longer work on me. Like, I can yeah. I can take a laxative. I can take three. And, and you still are constipated. I still am constipated. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a lot. So Yeah. And the funny... Not it, healthy at all. It's not funny. But what makes me laugh about that specific eating disorder <laughs> is calories still count. Right. But you don't think about that <laughs> at all. Thank you. Okay. So you graduate high school. You went to college for a little bit, but you had to work. It, college wasn't really... College wasn't my thing. I, I yeah. didn't, because I didn't have a, a any other goal in mind besides dance or... Um, being a mom, like, who mm-hmm. needs college for that shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I, Waste I, of money. I was like, I, so I started working and shopping and <laughs> working great. And shopping. She worked Another in retail, day. so yeah. shopping, just, mm-hmm. shopping just comes along. Yeah, my mom, my mom always said I had the most expensive carpet on the planet because <laughs> I would just take my clothes off and I would buy new clothes because nothing was clean. Right. It would just be all over the floor. She used to get a little pissed at me. That's funny. <laughs> all right. So you do all that. You meet dad. Yep. You get married. Yeah, we can skip through all that if you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We can talk about it. I was 19 when I met your dad. Yeah. And I was 20. I just turned 23 when I got married. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then you had me. 25. Your most prized possession. <laughs> Sorry, Lizzie. <laughs> I love both my children equally. It just depends on the day. <laughs> um, I, 
I had you just before I turned 26, because mm-hmm. um, you were born about a month before I turned 26. And then I had your sister um, right after my 28th birthday. Mm-hmm. And now in between here and then, you were teaching dance, right? Yes. I taught dance um, before I got married and a little bit after. But after I got married, like I was working a lot. So I was working retail and it was it was a lot to... So do I, both. To do both. But okay. it, because I was teaching up in, um, it's called Fowlerville, Michigan. And it was mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a distance for me to drive back and forth. So okay. um, I did it pretty much until I got married. And then, okay, yeah. So I loved it. I mean, I, I've always loved doing that sort of thing. So you had Melissa and I. Mm-hmm. Melissa's my sister. She hasn't been on the podcast yet. Which she's pretty salty about she's it. She's pretty salty. She wanted to be my first guest. <laughs> we and, talked about it this morning. <laughs> and now she's... I have Not an episode in mind. It's coming, guys. Just wait, because that'll be a good one. It'll just be, I'll be getting roasted the whole time, basically. Um, so you had the two of us. Yeah. And then you were a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So I want you to walk me through that a little bit. Tell me. Well, I wasn't a stay-at-home about... mom at first. Well, I no. Yeah. No, no. I when wasn't... we moved here. Yeah. 2001, we moved here. We actually closed on the house down here, well, on both houses on 9-11. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah pretty significant yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy so um we moved down here about a month later after we closed so mm-hmm. we moved here in october of 2001 you were four and your sister was two yep and um i was at that point because the cost of living down here is better than up in michigan especially oh, yeah. in the detroit metro area yeah. and yeah so i was able to stay home and i i did that for the first year mm-hmm. um and uh, it, I was a little crazy. You know, your dad mm-hmm. traveled a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just me, you, and, and Lissy. And um, I'd get in trouble a lot for shopping because there was really nothing else to do. Like, there, I, would, I, would, I would dump the yeah. two of you into the car and we would we would go to the outlet mall or we would go to – it was back when Kmart was still here. Yeah, and then we'd swipe the card and say, thank your dad for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dad. I think I still owe you $18 from fifth grade. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it, there was nothing to do. We didn't, you know, I didn't have family here. And right. I didn't, I mean, for the first couple of years, I mean, we were still driving up to Michigan to like go to the dentist and go to the doctor mm-hmm. and doing things like that. Yeah. Because I just, I, I. We never thought we would still I, be here. I, I did. I thought I'd be here like maybe two years and right. we'd be back. I and mean, here we are. 20 years 20, later. Literally 20 years <laughs> later. later. And I and I could live anywhere and I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's. So I, I stayed home for that first full year, mm-hmm. um, getting into some trouble for spending money because I was bored. Right. And then what did you do after and that? Then, um, and then I, I put you in dance yes. class. And um, when the dance instructor found out that I had a dance background mm-hmm. at the recital, she I was going to watch from the auditorium and I ended up working backstage. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, I worked for her a little bit over the summer, and that's when we got Melissa in right. to dance. And um, after that, I just started teaching, and I was teaching and teaching more and teaching more. And um, and then that studio owner closed down and decided to kind of temporarily retire, and a new dance teacher came in and opened the studio. And I stayed there for a few more years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found a studio up in Coldwater, Michigan, which is not too far away from where we live, mm-hmm. and started teaching there um, because they have a competitive team up there. So, um, and I only wanted to, I really just wanted to cut back and just teach ballet. Yeah. And for the most part. For, and and for the most part. And then, but the competitive kids were required to, to take ballet mm-hmm. as part of being on the team. And I, it was just amazing to have like 
full attendance <laughs> and, and dedicated and students. dedicated students yeah yeah at a recreational studio you just it's, don't you don't yeah you don't have that it's not of, that priority yeah. I mean it was still fun but you know it was I, I think it was time for me to kind of get out of the you know teaching everything world and mm-hmm. pass that on to somebody else yeah which was me which was you in the midst of all of this you mm-hmm. started you got certified in group fitness and well yoga right and then well group I fitness right so in yeah so <clears throat> in in 2009 I um, was asked to start teaching a dance class for adults at the gym that was up the street from where we lived. Yes. And so I was doing that, and and part of my benefit of doing that was that I would get a free membership to the gym. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, shit, I'm just going to, like, take every class I can, right? So I started taking – they taught step aerobics every morning there, Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday at at 8 a.m., and I started taking those classes. Now, keep in mind, other than dance, I really had never – I mean, I'd done some weightlifting a little bit, like, with my dad occasionally. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I would get into these, like, bits of, like, hey, I think I'm going to do this workout, this Tybo or this thing. Or, you did, you know, you I did, did Tybo I did, for a while. Yeah, I did a lot of those things. But, like, I, I still was – and I was young enough that I could still, like, pick it up, do it, and then be sore for a couple of days and, like, not care if I did it again. Right. And then um, the addiction starts in. <laughs> so then I started taking these classes, and I really enjoyed it. It was fun, and and step is very similar to dance because it's it's choreographed. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're doing kind of choreography, which is fun for me. So then I started thinking, well, maybe I could start teaching some of this. Like they'd ask me if I could like sub or like if the teacher, like if the instructor had to like leave the room or whatever. Like one time the instructor like tripped and rolled her ankle and she couldn't do it so she knew I knew the combination so I would just kind of lead it Mm -hmm. so in uh and that was in 2009 and then in so the next year I um well actually that year I started my certification in yoga we were going to Florida in the summers as you well know Mm -hmm. and um I used to do free yoga on the beach in Florida which was great and um my instructor down there was amazing and she had asked me if I was a yoga teacher and I said no but I was a dancer Mm-hmm. And I said, I would love to to be able to teach yoga. And so she offered to certify me, but we had to work for the entire year. So mm-hmm. when I was home, we talked over the phone. Um, she'd send me emails of stuff to do and research to do. And we'd touch base like twice a month on the phone. And then when I came back down the following summer, I had to teach all of her classes on the beach, mm-hmm. which was kind of fun for it me. It was fun. And, and that was, she taught two classes a day in the mornings every day. Yep. So Sunday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then she did two nights a week where she did like a sunset, sunset yoga, which yeah. was fun. Um, all for free, mind you. All for free. Yeah. yeah. She did get donations, but she did it for she free. She did it all for free. Super cool. Um, so I t- she she tested me that summer. And mm-hmm. at the end of our visit, um, I was certified for yoga, which was mm-hmm. great. So I started teaching yoga then up at the, the gym as well. Mm-hmm. And somebody had asked me at the gym – if I would consider getting Zumba certified. So I was like, sure, why not? So I did that, which was fun for me because it incorporated the dance background, which I love. And then I just went ahead and certified online with like, you know, group fitness classes and personal training. Mm -hmm. So I did that as well. Yeah. What what else did you teach at the gym? I taught step, kickboxing, Zumba, yoga, and then I taught a power yoga class as well. Mm -hmm. And then the dance class just kind of fizzled because I yeah. think people just took the Zumba instead. And they it was, wanted it was other more stuff. fun, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I taught, I was teaching about 10 classes a week. Super fit. I was super, I was getting super fit and I was loving it. 
Uh-huh. And at the time, I was still teaching dance yeah. here in town. Yeah. And um, in 2000, 2013, I ended up um, separating, and, and then our divorce was final early 2014. So I had to be working. Yeah. Um, so I went, I went to work, and I was working at a desk and still trying to get workouts in. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I couldn't be teaching all those classes. So I switched down to just yoga. Right. And um, trying to get my own weightlifting in, because by that time, I had started weightlifting. And competed. And competed. As well. So, okay. So you started working and you worked in like reception and is well, that what you would call it? I, I was a, well, when I first started working, I was an assistant. Yeah. Um, to two real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And then I added a third real estate agent that I was also working with. Right. And okay. I was getting between 30 and 40 hours a week at that point. Mm-hmm. And then. It was time for a shift. It was time for a shift. Yep. And I started working for a nonprofit, um, and I started in the reception area, and Mm -hmm. I started working doing that, and quickly got pulled into, like, their fundraisers, and they originally had talked to me about doing, like, a health and wellness, like, department, like a, like a, you know, kind of helping with clients with health and wellness and and employees, and and that just never went anywhere, Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of got stagnated. And in, in the mix. In the mix. And I ended up going through a couple of different changes. I, I didn't end on the desk where I started, but I, uh, I ended up going into employment services, which I loved and I loved my clients and it was great, but it was, it was a lot of work and it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. Draining. Draining. Definitely started eating my stress. I mean, mm-hmm. without question. I mean, I've always been a, a eat your feelings instead of feel your feelings kind of person. Yeah. Um, so when I was under tremendous amounts of stress at work, I, I mean, I just... That's how you stuck cope. it down. Yeah, yeah, it was just, and so the and the weight just packed right on, mm-hmm. and it was pretty depressing because I was really fit when I first started there. And <laughs> yeah, I, and uh, yeah, it kind of blew me up. It it eats at you. Yeah, it does. So you do all this, you have this job that's very stressful, very mm-hmm. exhausting, and then you decide to make your next career shift into becoming a health coach. Yeah, tell Accident- me accidentally. Accidentally, okay. Tell okay. me about that. So. <clears throat> In 2018, uh, we lost my mom, mm-hmm. and I was in charge of. My mom had a trust, and I was in charge of the trust. Yeah. So it was a lot of extra strain on me between work and that, and um, you know, my my siblings were great for the most part, but they were under a lot of stress too. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially my sister because she took care of my mom, so it was a lot, um, and she was going through her own thing, so. I was really trying to be as available as I could, mm-hmm. um, and and I wanted to be super transparent because I was the one dealing with all the money, which was difficult. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was just weird things that it just added stress to a stressful situation. Yeah. And in talking to my sister, she said, "You should be a life coach or something." Like it was, it was just kind of nonchalant, like mm-hmm. like thrown in passing. Yeah. Coincidentally, a woman that I worked with in the industry had been thinking about that. And so she had called me and said, hey, can you meet for a drink? I wanted to talk to you about something. So we sat down and she goes, I'm really thinking about doing this health coaching thing. And I was like, that's so funny because my sister just said, you should, you know, I should be a life coach. Mm-hmm. And she's like, would you, would you want to do it with me? And I was like, sure. You know, because I thought in my head, it's, it's another way to avoid all the shit going on. <laughs> We're very good at that in this family. (laughs) This is a great, this is a great thing to add on because here I'm thinking, you know, if I learn something that's great, 
and it'll distract maybe, me from the rest. It'll distract me from how fucked up my world is right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I didn't even <laughs> the the company that we went with was, and I didn't even research them at all. Yeah. She did it, and and I. I trusted this person, and and I know she does her research. So I was like, oh, yeah. if you think it's good, I'm in. Like, I'm in. Yeah. So her, they they call it a clarity coach. So mm-hmm. they have a clarity coach that calls you and talks to you about it and why you want to do this sort of thing. The clarity coach called me. I was literally on my way down to Indianapolis because I was getting certified for something for work. Yes. Yep. And I'm on the phone with this woman and I go, you don't even have to sell me. I'm in. Just tell me what, what I need to do. <laughs> like, send me the what's emails. The bill? <laughs> send me the emails. Send me the invoice. I'm in. Yeah. Right. So I I kind of went into the initial part of the health coaching very like whatever. I'm just gonna do this. See what it's something does. to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um I'd say that my um my turning point was when I went to they do a, a uh, like a summit or like a, they call it HCI it's Live. It's like a big convention. It's like a big convention. Of. There was about, I'd say about 700 of us there. Mm-hmm. And, Pre, um, Pre-COVID, so pre, Yeah, pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. 20, 2019. This is 2019. Yeah. It was April of 2019. And uh, it was in Phoenix. And I have to tell you, the, I, th- it was it was one of the most amazing moments that I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much the pomp and circumstance of it. It was mm-hmm. the people I was meeting. I mean, they had a, a speaker on and, and he's since passed him. His, his name was Sean Stevenson and, and he was a pretty amazing guy. And, and if you, if you get a chance, I, I'm, I'm not going to go into his story, but if you get a chance, Google him. He wrote a book called, um, get off your butt, meaning your, your B-U-T. Like, stop saying, but mm-hmm. I do this, but I, I want to do this, but yes. So anyway, he was a pretty amazing guy and, and watching him and he was the first night, his speech was the first night. And I, I left there and I thought, if they told me today, right now, you don't belong here, get out, would have been totally worth it. Would have been totally worth the plane expense, the hotel expense. Mm-hmm. It, it like, that's how much it really <clears throat> spoke to me. Yeah. And that's when I thought, well, shit, you know, I really should start paying a little bit more attention when I do this because, because this is really something that could be good for me, mm-hmm. you know? You know, I'm constantly hearing at work how I'm negative, like you're, you're being so negative. And I'm thinking, Jesus, my mom just died. Screw you. You'd be negative too. Up <laughs> you're yours. like, fuck off. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, and I've got no support. You know, I didn't get so much as a sympathy card when my mom died from those people. Yep. You were on vacation. <laughs> I was, yeah. They, they were telling people I was on vacation when I went down after my mom died. It was like, it was hideous. And Which was also over Mother's Day. So right, just right, let yeah. that sink in. Right. Literally, my mom died the day that Rachel was graduating from college. Right before I walked. Right before she walked in <laughs> National graduation. Anthem comes on, sobbing. <laughs> Everybody's like, are you good? I'm like, no. I mean, and if you, if you, you know, if you check my website and read my, my blog post that I have up there, I mean, I talk about that a little bit. <laughs> now, here I am sitting at graduation knowing that my mom had just passed away. Literally, like and, an hour ago. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I, I'm on the first flight the next morning to get down there to see her, right? And, and I'm 
not only am I sitting there next to my ex-husband and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend. <laughs> we then now have to go to dinner together. All of us. Talk about massive stress and emotional eating. <laughs> it was like shit. At Olive Garden. <laughs> yes. I apologize to all my Italian family. Sorry. I, went to I like Olive Garden. No, I'm going to own it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, so that's kind of where my mind was at the time of starting this this process of getting into health and life coaching. Yeah. So I was off freaking basket case wreck you know but I digress so I went to HCI live and I just it really it sparked something in me Mm -hmm. you know and and I'm almost afraid to use that word because all through that entire conference they were talking about spark the change spark the change spark the change and I'm like that's exactly what it did it Mm -hmm. sparked a change in me Mm -hmm. and made me realize that I could really change my life through this Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't about coaching anyone else at that point it was about me getting coached through the learning process of getting certified. Right. So that's kind of where I focused my attention. Mm-hmm. And at that conference, you know, they they talk a little bit about their additional programs, which are like advanced uh, transformational coaching methods and mastery. And I thought, I'm I was in. all in for this. I'm going to be all in for that. So mm-hmm. let's, I'm, I signed up and, and I knew I wasn't finished with my, my certifications for the health and life coaching yet so Mm -hmm. I didn't want to start mastery until I knew that those were going to be completely done so I gave myself some time so I started that process in December of 2019 Mm -hmm. so I I finally certified with my health and life coaching at like I want to say June of 2020 yeah that sounds about right yeah yeah no that's not right June of 2019. 19. Yeah, I was going to say And then earlier. I started and then I started my health and life or I started the mastery program in December of 2019. Yes. And finished all of that in 2020. Right in the middle. It's in the, yeah, in the of, middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Which was actually it made me realize that that because the health and life coaching that we do is it, it's always been based off of virtual discussion. So you can mm-hmm. you can meet with clients face to face, but why limit yourself to people in your own town, right? So it was really we we had already been talking about Zooming and Instagram and and all those outlets. So when the pandemic hit and everybody had to stay home, I mean, we were all still in communication. Our whole community of uh, through HCI, mm-hmm. I mean, we were coaching each other and 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 the the two owners and and like the CEO of, of HCI, they were all on Instagram every day doing yeah. quick like laser coaching for people and, and letting you watch and, and learn. And so they it was just an amazing community to be a part of at that time because mm-hmm. it made you realize that you can get through anything, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. And 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 it really just it it helped fuel that that flame again in me that was like I really want to do this mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't as much about me anymore as it was about you know putting myself out there to because maybe I could help somebody else with the same mm-hmm. struggles that I have right which is that whole emotional eating boredom eating World. mentality yes. <laughs> yeah so you really didn't like seek out life coaching life coaching came to you oh yeah hundred percent that's cool hundred percent. So I want to hear a little bit about how how life and health health coaching are different, or are they kind of the same thing? I feel like health and life coaching are uh, like go hand. In they hand. kind of go hand in hand. Okay. Because the the process of coaching is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is all about the person that you're working with and the goal that they've set for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to meet health and life coaches that 
have a totally different point of view of, of me. But um, in my world and, and in my belief system, I'm not here to tell you what to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you what workout program to do. Mm-hmm. I'm here to talk to you about what you're eating and why. Yeah. And, and how you're eating. And how, um, it, how it's affecting you. And how you. it's affecting you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to, to judge you about those things. Um, so really, you, you have to look at the goal of the person. And many times they start with a health goal mm-hmm. and it turns into a life goal. Yeah. So you they really have to work hand in hand. So if you have a health coaching certification and you're not a life coach, I, I think you're missing something. And, say, and vice versa. If you're mm-hmm. a life coach and you don't have that health background, background yeah. you're also missing something. So mm-hmm. because they really do work together. Very different than therapy, you know. I mean, yeah. therapy is really for trauma events. You know, mm-hmm. if you and and a lot of those trauma events come up in life coaching and mm-hmm. in health coaching, um, but and a good a good life coach or health coach is going to say, you know what, let's let's talk t- about getting therapy for this. Mm-hmm. You know, find a therapist where you can really focus on this moment, mm-hmm. this traumatic moment. And we'll find ways that we can work around it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're going to work, work through, through that it. with your therapist and you and I are going to kind of put some of that into place and and, and help you move through it, you mm-hmm. know, staying on, on with your goal, on, you know, on track. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's like a three-legged stool and if you're missing something, it's going to fall over. You know, you need that right. accountability and that's what a coach is. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they help keep you accountable for your actions, mm-hmm. good or bad. There has to be trust and honesty in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you need those things. And if you don't have those things with that, that coach or that person, um, it's never going to work. So mm-hmm. that's why we do those discovery calls because a discovery call is going to have me sit down with you whether it's virtual or not, mm-hmm. and talk about what it is you want and if you and I have a connection. Because if we don't have a connection, coaching is just not going to work. Right. And a good coach will see it, recognize it, mm-hmm. and then and then give you options to other people who could coach you in a right. better way. I it's mean, very similar to therapy. Sometimes yeah. people will go through five therapists before yeah, they sure, find sure. And I, that works. And I am all for therapy. I mean, I, I definitely – but I think – Coaching is such a great tool because you don't you don't sit on that one thing for a long time. You find ways to keep pushing forward, mm-hmm. and then that therapist is going to help heal that moment while you're pushing forward with your goals. You know what I mean? Right. With your coach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you work mostly with emotional eating. I do. And that's I do. Ba- that's based kind of on your background but also just something that you're interested in. Yeah, I mean I have a I definitely have a, a a passion for that because it has affected me my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean um and I, maybe it's an ethnic thing, I don't know. I mean, I I grew up in an Italian family. Mm-hmm. Food is 24/7. I mean, yeah. You sit down with like as an example, in January of 2020, my brother flew in, and we had to go to a funeral in our hometown, my hometown. Mm-hmm. He wasn't born there, but I was. Yeah. And um, we got to the funeral. We, we went to the service, and my brother had to get back, so we couldn't couldn't stay, like, overnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we drove out. We went to this funeral service, and two of my cousins were there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a family member that passed away, but it, it was as if it was family. So yeah. a lot of my family was there. And um, we couldn't stay to go to the burial, so... 
because we didn't know how long all that was going to take because my right. brother had to get back. So, because he had a flight. So, um, we, but we did have time for like coffee. Mm-hmm. So my cousins were like, oh, come to the house, have some coffee. Okay. Yeah. Now, and now keep in mind, I have not been to my hometown since 2013 when I took my mother to her 50th class reunion. Yeah. And we stayed in a hotel, so we didn't do a lot of visiting. You know, it was, so <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we we got to my cousin's house. Now, his wife had no idea we were coming other than when Danny called and said, hey, you know, Rob and Beck are coming for coffee. That, and, so, and that's the Italian family. That's just uh, how it works. Yeah. And, and they were like, she goes, OK. So not only was there coffee <laughs> brewing when we walked in the door, but the table was filled with breakfast cakes and cookies and fruit. And I mean, it was as if she had planned an event. <laughs> yeah. And I sat down, and I thought, oh, my God, this is how we were all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And so we my cousin took us on a tour of his house because we had never been to this this his new house. And um, we got back upstairs and it's it's about an hour or so later. And it's the whole table has changed, but it's still loaded with food. So instead of the the fruit and the cookies or in the coffee and all that coffee cakes and stuff, it was um, like charcuterie boards and, and cheese. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to weigh a thousand pounds just because I came here for a couple hours. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because I'm breathing. <laughs> I mean, it was, but that's how we lived. I mean, everything was about food in, mm-hmm. in our family. And it was, and if you were sad, you ate food. And if you were happy, you ate food. And if you were um, angry, you ate food. And it, 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 if you didn't feel good, you ate food. It was everything was based around food. I mean, mm-hmm. I would come home from school, and most kids would come home from school and get an after school snack like, like fruit roll ups or you know bag of chips or Gushers. whatever. Gushers. Well, they didn't have those <laughs> when I was a kid. But my mom, I'd have a snack at my house was a bowl of pasta with jarred sauce instead of homemade sauce. I mean, yeah. that, that was my snack after school. I'd have pasta. Jarred sauce is a snack, never a meal. <laughs> That's what you have to learn from today. So. Everything in my head and in my belief system was that food will fix it, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 that is something that I learned during during the process of certification in in my in my health and life coaching is, mm-hmm. you know, our belief system is pretty much set between birth and five years old. Yeah, you know, and not all those beliefs are good and true, mm-hmm. and and you can't help it. It's it's just the way that. Um, things in your life have created that moment, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a kid who's two years old raises his hands to his mom and his mom picks him up and gives him a kiss every time, every time, every time, right? One time he raises his hands up for that hug and kiss and the phone rings and she ignores him, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not that she doesn't love him, but that child then thinks, oh God, I did some, mom doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. You, you, we've just, again, that love, safety, and belonging. We've, mm-hmm. And it set that in into his identity and his belief system. Mm-hmm. And and it's not right. It didn't mean his mom didn't love him. Mm-hmm. But in his head, that was the belief because that's all the mm-hmm. kid knows. Yeah, we learned that in psychology, and I can't remember what it's called. Clinical conditioning is what it's called. <laughs> but that's very true. Yeah. And food, food plays into that. Mm-hmm. I have been coached by you, which it's different when it's your mom, but I have done it and it definitely helped, helped me for sure. 
I still needed therapy, which <laughs> I needed therapy for some other things. But, but always the mother's like most ch- cherished moment is when she, their kid goes, oh, my God, I need therapy. <laughs> it's like, mom, you helped, but I still need therapy. You're no, great, I, but like I'm still really fucked up. It, and I, <laughs> I realized in therapy that my eating disorder came from trauma, which is that's a topic for a different time. But I think that. My mom harbors a little bit of guilt because she thinks that she gave her eating disorder <laughs> to me, and she didn't. So it's been funny because through therapy, I've learned why I have it, like what it came from. Yeah. But I think that if it's more of disordered eat, this is one thing you'll learn too. If you have disordered eating tendencies, it doesn't necessarily mean you have an eating disorder. I think that. Mm-hmm health and life coaching especially if I knew that I did not have a full-blown eating disorder I probably would be completely fine with just health coaching I I felt that way and then you know once I realized I had trauma to unpack that was a whole different story but that's when you team it up with therapy and it works absolutely it it works fine I will I mean I'm I I feel like people who say that they're fully recovered from an eating disorder I'm like is that even possible I don't know because I, I think know. that those disordered tendencies are always going to be there. You just ha- It's a matter of pushing through them or not. And right. I've been in eating disorder recovery since January in, in therapy. Right. And I'm in the maintenance phase and I'm doing fine. But, I mean, there's some... Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to... But there's some days where I'm like... I don't know. I can't even say that. I feel like I'm pretty good most of the time anymore. But, But I don't think that I would have had the courage to go to therapy if I had not gone through life coaching first because mm-hmm. it made me start to address some of those sure. some of those things that I was like, oh. Sure. And it's it is it's definitely hard to coach a relative. I mean oh, yeah. especially a child or a parent or that sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I in normal circumstances I would um like if if you wanted to get coached again, I would definitely look for another coach that would mm-hmm. would probably be better suited because I think when you're dealing with a parent or a child or even a sibling, you know, there's those moments that like you don't want to those things that you don't want to broach, you know? Right. It's it's there's like too many emotions right, involved sure. for both parties versus sure, just one. Sure. And I think you can have empathy for people, but when it's like you feel like you're experiencing those emotions right. like with them that's when it's right hard so <laughs> but I will stay at, say I feel like it was still beneficial yeah oh yeah for sure for both of us really yeah obviously I've been through it but I want you to walk me through like some of the different plans that you have obviously if someone's interested that they want to book a discovery call with you we can do that I'll put her website and all that stuff in the description of this video and we can talk about it a little bit later but um discovery call is always the first step but what are some packages that you offer and what you do put the reading glasses on (laughs) I don't Um, want to miss anything so yeah you have a couple different options I do I I do okay so one of the ones that I have it's and it's, it's titled End the Struggle, Eat with Confidence in 90 Days. Mm-hmm. So the benefits from this is we're going to work on ending the emotional struggle with food, discovering new freedoms with food in your body specifically. Um, we create new habits. That is one of the things that, that I want to say quickly, too, is that we're, yeah. we are habit change coaches is what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's about changing those habits. That's a good way um, to look at it. Yeah. yeah. So we create new habits that are going to support that new freedom and make it sustainable, you know, 
you're going to learn to appreciate the body that you have at the time that you have it. Um, I love that. So that you have a desire to feed it well, right? Because we are where we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. in life. We're going to learn to know how to fuel your body the best way for you for absolutely abundant energy. Mm -hmm. Because what works for me might not work for you. Mm -hmm. So so your one of the paradigms that I like to stick to is your body is your best laboratory. Ooh. Right? How do okay. you like that? I like that. Yeah. And then I want you to feel and know your own worth at the end uh-huh. of this. At the end of this 90 days, I want you to know that you have value so that you can live and eat with confidence. Okay? And in this, what you get is, is we do 12 one-on-one private 50-minute sessions either in person or via Zoom or phone or I, I've done phone whatever consultations. I've done Zoom, whatever. You get personalized action guides. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a bonus kickoff call, so you do get one extra bonus call. Mm-hmm. There's always email support in between sessions um, to help with accountability. Mm-hmm. And you do get a little surprise completion gift. Ooh. It's kind of fun. So that is our ninety my 90-day program. Okay. Okay, so I do have a longer program, and it's – um, six months. Okay. Um, so it's called Eat with Confidence and Recre- Reclaim Your Life. Uh-huh. And the benefits for this are creating confidence in your food choices so that you can remove the emotion, emotional shackles um, that are attached to your food in your body. Okay. Creating accountability again to ensure that the positive habit change around eating and self-love is there. Mm-hmm. Um, learn to eat like you love yourself. That's a big thing. Yeah. I, a lot of people, I mean... If you want a piece of cake, eat a piece of cake. But if you're eating the entire cake, that's that's my mom and I. If you eat the entire <laughs> cake, well, not anymore, but right, that's where we were. If, if you eat the entire cake, that's where mm-hmm. you. It's yeah, it's about self love for sure. And, and learning to love what your body needs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, creating those healthy habits um, to gain knowledge about your body mm-hmm. and what works for your life. Mm-hmm. And then gain insight on what you truly want for your body and to dig deep into the de- desire for full, meaningful life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think a lot of times um, when people are emotional eaters, they feel like they're not worth mm-hmm. a good, healthy life. Yep. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a value moment in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this helps with that. So in this program, what you get out of it is we do 18 one-on-one private 60-minute calls. Mm-hmm. Um, there's six monthly uh pre-recorded meditation sessions. I do send out um, a copy of a planner page that you can use every day to kind of help walk you through these six months. Mm -hmm. You get a copy of a book that I love. It's called Eat What You Love and Mm -hmm. Love What You Eat by uh, Dr. Michelle May. You get the email support. You do get three emergency 10 to 15 minute laser sessions if you need them. Again, you get those personalized action guides. There is a VIP visioning session kickoff call, which is 90 minutes to two hours. So you do get a little bit longer Mm -hmm. um, of a kickoff call. And then there's two bonus deep dive sessions to get past any barriers. So if you're feeling like there's a barrier and you're stuck somewhere, we can work through that through those deep dive sessions. Okay. Um, The last program that I offer is just called Own Your Results, and it's a monthly maintenance program. Um, It's just monthly accountability, staying on track towards your goals. Your goals can change throughout this, helping you maintain your results and preventing any sort of Mm self-sabotage. For this program, we do two one-on-one private 30, sometimes 45-minute sessions a month. So it's like an every other week kind of Mm check-in, email support, and you do get one emergency phone call like session that if you need it, it's 30 to 40-minute emergency call. Cool. Um, Those are... 
all really great options. You don't have to do one to do another. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to start with like the 90 day to go into the maintenance. Right. If you feel like you kind of just need an accountability buddy, you know, maintenance might be the perfect thing for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we figure out during the discovery call. Yeah. And then so. the discovery call, I mean, you want to hear about their goals and things like that. Yeah. And then you'll talk about pricing and the yeah. structure of going through it all. Right. right? And we'll t- yeah. I talk about all the pricing and stuff during that discovery call. For yeah. sure. Awesome. For sure. And then tell me how they book a discovery call with you. You can go to my website, which is evolution-of-u.com. Yes. And Um, I'll put that in the description as well. And you can also reach out to me on Evolution of You Instagram. Which is at evolution.of.u. Yes. (laughs) Web domains are difficult these days. Difficult. For sure. I do also have a Facebook page. Yeah. I'm not on Facebook as often as I am on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram seems to be kind of more my my go-to. You can certainly reach out to me on on Facebook as well. Um, Evolution of You. I'm a, I've got a page on there. But if if you want like a quick response, I'd I'd go Instagram yeah. <laughs> or or the or the um, the website, mm-hmm. and because that'll go directly to my email. Yep. The website stuff. Yep. And if you have any questions at all, you can always reach out to me too, and I can forward them on to her. But if you are on the website and can't figure it out just shoot her a dm on instagram and she'll walk you through it so we have some really i have some really good disordered eating stories if you ever want to get into that we could do a whole nother (laughs) i know we could and we probably will because i think because i got some good ones okay start start (laughs) thinking those through so real quick i do just want to give uh give you guys another book to read if this is kind of calling to you there's another good book that i have read it's called eating in the light of the moon and it's Mm. by anita johnson which i still need to get you so you can read it that's a very good oh yeah good point that's a really good one as well it's also available on audible i wish this was an audible sponsorship it's not but it is available on there that's how i've listened to it and i have the book as well so that is very good But do you have any other final thoughts, words, stories, anything for our listeners today? Nothing that I think I could get into quickly and be done with quickly. I think I once I get on a roll, I start rolling. (laughs) Okay. No, I just, um, you know, if you're thinking about whether or not coaching is for you, I say research it, book a discovery call. I mean, there there are great life coaches out there. There are not so great life coaches out there. this is not one of the things that I'm going to I'm going to say right off the bat. And I, I think I did I say earlier that like I'm not going to give you a diet. I'm not going to give you a workout plan. You know, th- that's not my role. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I see so many people out there saying, oh, take this supplement or take this, you know, mm-hmm. only eat this many calories. I mean, there's there's those, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to name any names, but like housewives stuff. That, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you're they're they're forcing people into starvation, and and that's not that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is really about you, and you make the decisions in every coaching session, and that's mm-hmm. what I like about this the way that I was trained, and the way that that this this certification process works for me is that, you know, you control, you have the reins, right? Mm-hmm. And I am there to keep you on track. But I am not going to hound you about what you're eating. That is not what a good coach is going to do. They are going to be there for support Mm -hmm. and to help guide you through those struggles. And I think that's so important because Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I think that's one of the reasons people don't reach out to coaching because they see all these companies that, yeah, they're like, if you're not doing this, then you, you know, you need to be doing yeah. this program. Like and the you V need- shred guy that's yeah. on every Instagram ad. Right. And I, I mean, even, you know, and I, I certainly don't want to call out companies, but like, because I, I think everything starts out with such a great positive message mm-hmm. and somewhere in there it gets tangled up into ickness, right? Yeah. So like... I mean, I, I was a Beachbody coach for a long time, and I, I, I still like the programs through Beachbody. I think they're great. I didn't like how I felt. It's that about MLM, like MLM thing. It's, it's too, yeah, too much. And I think, too, it's this is where that separation between, like, health and life coaching. She is also a personal trainer. That's just not what you focus on all the time. Right. If you need a personal training program, that's, like, a whole separate thing. I'm sure she yeah. would do that for oh, you yeah. as well. But... Totally different situation. Yeah. Yeah. So personal training, that's when you would really get like, you're going to do this workout. You're going to eat this. But it's just a different world. So health and life coaching, it's it's a more subtle personal approach really to achieving goals. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I hope that you guys all enjoyed this week's episode and I hope that you will follow my mommy. That's an inside joke. I don't call her mommy all the time. Um, You're the mommy. (laughs) That's what I say when I want her to pay for something. (laughs) Or make something. Right, or make something. All right, well, you guys can follow my mom. Her name is Rebecca on Instagram at evolution.of.u. And you can follow me at Rachel Cora. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-R-A-H. And I will see you next week.